You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 135. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, you'll meet Leonor Aquara. Now, she and I worked together previously. She's been in one of my coaching programs, and we also worked together one-on-one. And she was a presenter in the Public Health Consulting and Entrepreneurship Expo. Now, you can listen to episode 134, the one right before this one, to hear my takeaways. But the Expo is a great career resource, and I strongly encourage all of you, students, graduates, professionals, to enroll in that program. And she is, like I said, one of the presenters there. I'm delighted to have her on this podcast as my guest. And I am super proud of the way that she is able to articulate her passion for public health and how she owned her public health career journey. Now, I felt like such a mama bear as I conducted the interview and listened to her responses. I'm just incredibly proud of the amazing work that she's doing and thrilled to be on this journey with her. Now, let me tell you a bit more about her and then I'll connect the interview. Leonor Aquara earned her master's in public health with a concentration in epidemiology from Eastern Virginia Medical School and currently resides in Maryland. She is a military wife, mother of three, and a public health program manager with over 13 years of experience in the field. Since 2006, she has managed several public health programs nationally. She is specifically trained in managing community-based research programs within the nonprofit, academic, and government sectors. While working in the Department of Veteran Affairs, Leonor co-founded the Program Managers Resource Group and served as a professional resource for department program managers, research coordinators, and research assistants. Now, over the years, Leonor witnessed the stress that researchers and their staff were under when it came to managing and implementing the research protocol activities. So to reduce the stress, Leonor founded Leonor Aquara LLC, a consulting business that provides program management guidance and development to researchers, so doctoral students, postdocs, and early career investigators, and research staff. Due to her experience with managing community-engaged public health research, primarily in the African-American community, she also started a podcast. Her podcast is called Public Health Culture, and that brings awareness to public health outcomes and initiatives that uniquely impact this community. Now, she will go into much more detail and would kind of dip in and out of some of these things that I've just covered with you. We'll go into a deeper dive on some of those, but you will really enjoy hearing her story and learning about her journey and also the takeaways that she shares because she shares some really great insightful tips from lessons learned in her experiences. So without any further ado, let's connect that interview with Leonore now. So today I'm excited to introduce my special guest, Leonore Aquara. Hi, Leonore. How are you? I am doing well. How are you, Dr. Huntley? I'm great. I'm great. I'm I'm super giddy because I know you so well and we've had yes. we worked together and 
I'm just so excited about finally putting this episode together. I know. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to dig into. And um, gosh, okay, so I won't babble about any of that. Let's just jump right into you providing a bit of you know background. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so... I am a program management expert. That's what I like to call myself. And backing up a little bit, I have a master's in public health with a concentration in epidemiology. I went to Eastern Virginia Medical School. And the beautiful thing about what I do is I love community-engaged research. And that's what I've done since the beginning of my career in 2006. And I've worked all over the country due to my husband's job in the military. So I've worked for nonprofits, I've worked for academic institutions, as well as the government sectors. And I've learned a lot about the research process. So this has really just solidified um, my path in the public health field. So when did you first become interested in public health as a career? So I love this question because it takes me back. It makes me think about my start. And initially, I did not want to go into public health. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. In undergrad, I chose so many different majors. I just really wasn't sure the path I wanted to take. And so I ended up, at the last minute, choosing to stick with sociology because I just love the community aspect um, of everything. And because my husband's in the military, we move all over. And so I was really limited in graduate programs. I knew I had to get a master's. I just wasn't sure in what. And so I applied to several different programs and ended up moving forward with public health. And the reason why is because of the variety that public health brings. And I was thinking about my future and as a military family moving all over and having to continue finding jobs. And so I thought public health would be a really good path to take. And also before I started my program, I ended up getting a job as a research assistant for the community health and research department at Eastern Virginia Medical School. And we worked on a grant in Virginia with Newport News Public Housing Communities. And this grant was funded by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. And the reason why this grant and this project was so pivotal in my public health career was that we initially went in to give asthma education as well as remediation items like a HEPA vacuum cleaner and a mattress and pillow cover to families who had children with asthma. And what we noticed was that the emergency room rates for this area was really high. The kids would go to the emergency room because they were having asthmatic episodes. And so this grant was supposed to help solve that problem. We'll actually reduce those rates. And what we found was more than just asthma education helping these families. These families lived across from a mountain of coal dust, and it was literally dust um, that would fly throughout the air. And I noticed when we would visit the homes that there were dust in the windowsills, dust in the housing, indoors. And it was more than just giving them education to stop the or reduce the asthma triggers. It was they had an environmental impact on them. So no matter what we gave them, if we didn't fix the root of the problem, 
which was where they lived, we weren't going to help reduce any emergency room raids. So because of this, this was my first introduction to social determinants of health. And we were able to modify the protocol to actually move these families from that area to a housing community north in order to really solve the root of the problem. And that is really what confirmed the direction I was heading in. I saw the impact that public health made, and I saw the change um, immediately in those families. That's a very eye-opening experience and revelation. I think some of those experiences early on really shape really do shape the path, our career path. And sometimes yeah. you instantly know, but then, you know, when you re- think about it and reflect, you know, retrospectively, you really can see where that was a pivotal point, you know, really important, significant point in your, in your path. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you think your previous roles help prepare you for of course, this research you know, assistant role, definitely I can see where it's helping with the work that you're currently doing. But what about considering some of your other roles? How have they helped you prepare for you know, your transition into what you're doing right now? Yeah, so I am currently a program manager of a research lab. And my first position as a research assistant definitely prepared me. I really didn't have as much responsibility, of course, as I do now, but I was really focused on recruiting. So I did a lot of boots on the ground work as well as just collecting data. And so after my time as a research assistant, I was promoted to research coordinator where I was responsible for managing one project. This required a lot of administrative work and building a lot of skills that I didn't have prior to that position. So I had to do a lot of navigating the Institutional Review Board, or IRB. And if people are unfamiliar with that, this is a review board that looks at research projects and makes sure that we aren't causing harm to the participants. And so I had to put together those applications, as well as maintain those submissions and really engage with the IRB to make sure that we were on the straight and narrow, and that we weren't doing anything we weren't supposed to be doing. I also had to make sure our research plan was in line with what our grant funder required. I did a lot of reporting. I worked um, with the budgeting. So I did a lot of program management-esque experience and responsibilities in that research coordinator role. I think the biggest takeaway from that coordinator role was learning how to grant write. I'm really grateful to my principal investigators, and those are the people who lead these studies and apply for the grants. I was grateful that they gave me those skills of grant writing because they would prove to be very valuable in my current position. So I feel like throughout my research career, because I've been working all over the country on different research teams with each new project and with each new team, I was able to take best practices and strategies from each group and put them together in my own little toolbox. Because every time we moved, I had to get up to speed on the research protocol So there wasn't a gap in research activities. And so to do that, I had to 
take all of the tips I've learned along the way and put them together in order to be able to break down that research protocol and really do the research the right way. So all of this experience was really integral in my success as a program manager. And as a program manager, I do all of that I just mentioned and then some. So now I'm responsible for actually grant writing. I'm no longer just helping with certain parts of the grant. I also do hiring. I'm involved with space issues. I'm involved with contracts. So there are so many other things in this position that um, if I didn't have the experience I had from the beginning, I wouldn't have been as successful. You know, I'm sitting here listening to you describe that. And I keep thinking about, you know, so many people, especially when you are early career professional, you're not excited about, maybe most people are not excited about their initial roles, you know, the job. And and it can be frustrating. I get a lot of those complaints. Well, I have my master's degree and I should be doing something really glamorous and and awesome. And and I don't want to do these things. And I get it. I understand the frustration. But at the same time, when I listen to what you just described, this is such a perfect example of how you really have to progress on the journey. You You cannot despise those seemingly small beginnings or the menial task because they're important and you just don't know how it all comes together, you know, five or six or 10 years down the road. And you don't, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I just think back to my first day recruiting in the sun, (laughs) it was so (laughs) hot. And I think about what am I doing? And then now looking back on that and seeing how, those interactions and connections that I made with the community, just walking door to door and knocking and learning how to connect with people were so valuable to me now. So you are absolutely right. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's, that's just, um, that's a lesson for someone, a message for someone, maybe a little encouragement if you're feeling frustrated, yes. just starting out and that first job is not as glamorous as you it, thought it would be. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm going to transition and ask you another question. This is great. And I I, I appreciate everything that you're opening up and sharing. It's um, great. And I always talk about finding your passion. And it's really critical to really uh, having the kind of successful career that we want, the career that has you excited to go to work every day or the business that you're excited to jump in and, and work on. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just really finding the population and, and causes that you really care most about and being able to dig in. So my question for you is what population or condition or public health problem are you most passionate about? This question is always so hard for me to like pinpoint what I'm really passionate about in terms of a public health problem. I've worked with so many different research projects, you know, related to chronic pain and autism and veteran caregiver support. And so narrowing it down that way is really difficult for me. But when I look at the overall um, public health process that I am passionate about, it is community-engaged research. So no matter what we are looking at or studying, the act of doing community-engaged, community-based research is really important to me. And along with that, it's making sure that we build trust in the community. And because I've worked primarily with the African-American population, 
I really am focused on that population and how the research experiences historically haven't been that great. And so what has come about in my program management role is that I really want to make sure that when we are going out and doing and implementing these research protocols, that this community really understands what we're doing. That's why I'm a big proponent of making sure everything is planned out correctly so that we are efficient and so that there are no questions with the community. Because a poorly executed research plan can be detrimental to the community. It was intended to serve and result in adverse health outcomes. So if I had to say that in a few words, I'm most passionate about community-based research and making sure that it is implemented as it should be so that it maintains trust in the community. That was excellent. (laughs) Absolutely love the way you're able to articulate that because that is exactly what I described. You are clear about that. You know where your heart is and you know why. So therefore your eyes are open to opportunities because it's really not necessarily the specific condition, but the opportunities that help that where you can become that key player of helping to implement that research properly, you know, effectively. Exactly. So exactly. um, Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I told you I'm going to get super geeky on this. This is great. I'm like all <laughs> excited over here. This is I just love hearing you describe all the parts of your career and your journey and, yes, and what I you care it. about. So let's shift a little bit because you also have a business and I would like to, I'd like for you to, to tell us about that and, and, you know, really describe who you serve and like your ideal customer and, and get into that a little bit. Yes, absolutely. So I do have a business. Um, it's Leonor Quara LLC. Underneath my business, I have a podcast called Public Health Culture. And in this podcast, I talk about public health issues and initiatives that uniquely impact the Black community. And like I said, I chose the Black community because that is who I have primarily engaged with along my entire career. And plus, I'm a part of that community. And I feel that because of the historical experiences, um, people who want to engage with this community may have difficulties doing so because they don't understand that history. And so I just use that platform as a way to get the word out for people, meaning researchers or even nonprofits who are interested in connecting with this community. I'm hoping that it brings awareness to them so that they can modify their approach and be successful at connecting with them. The other part of what I do as a program manager is I work with research staff like myself. So program managers, research coordinators, research assistants, and I give best practices to them. When I worked at the Department of Veterans Affairs, I co-founded a group called Program Managers Resource Group. And this was a beautiful thing because we were able to take all of the department's research staff and bring them together into one group. And we were able to discuss all of the problems that they've had with coordinating research studies, with sort of the red tape of the institution. So it's like, why recreate the wheel if it has already been created? And so we were able to develop a standard set of best practices so that anyone new coming into the department could follow. And so that has been my focus, is research staff who are confused about how to implement research studies. The other part of it 
um, are the researchers themselves. So these are the people who are writing dissertation proposals as well as grant proposals. And what I found over the years with working with doctoral students and postdocs and early career researchers is that it takes a lot of work to write these proposals. There's a lot of stress um, because you aren't just going doing that in your life. You have other things going on. There are um, some issues with fear and, and just burnout and wondering what your colleagues think of you and um, wondering if you even chose the right field to begin with. So I have seen all of this and I have seen when those proposals are approved, how it's hard for them to take that bigger picture and turn it into actionable steps. And so that is my target client. That's my target customer. Those who have an approved research proposal and need help taking it into the next step. So creating those actionable steps to implement those research activities. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that is, um, I'm sort of caught up and forgot that I'm interviewing you now, but I'm just like listening and like really like hanging on the words that you're explaining oh, your, your story and what you. you're doing. Yes. Um, I would really encourage you guys. I will make sure that I link to her podcast in the show notes. It's a great podcast. I've listened to several episodes and you do Thank a really you. great job of just explaining and expressing. And it's a, it's a very enlightening and insightful podcast. And I think thank that, you uh, so much. Yeah, I really encourage um, people to check that out. So we'll make sure that we link to that in the show notes, as well as other links on how to connect with you. We'll get to all of that in a moment. Um, I'm going to ask you maybe just two more questions, and then okay. I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're familiar with my podcast here, and you know that we have a broad audience. I have a lot yes. of listeners who are students, they're current students in either, you know, undergraduate public health programs or graduate level public health programs. And they're trying to find their way and, and figure out what they want to do with all of this. You know, as you mentioned earlier, the field of public health is broad. And for some people that's exciting. And for some people that's a little scary. So they're still trying to sort through and figure out what to do. So starting with them, can you think of a few tips that you could share, um, career pieces of advice or, you know, that they can implement now while they're students to per help prepare them for careers in public health? Oh, absolutely. And this is bringing me back to my program and what I wish I would have done. <laughs> so as you said, public health is broad. It's such a diverse field. And just in this interview alone, you have seen everything that I have done. <laughs> and that's only in the research aspect. But if you are a student, I would say in your program, um, or outside of it, get as much experience in different public health issues or areas. This is the time to do that, to see what is a good fit for you. Um, because I feel like exposure to the diversity of the field is major. And in your program, you have the flexibility to do so. So volunteer when you can. And then the other thing is don't be afraid to connect with people who are in a position that you are interested in. I wish I would have done this in my program, sort of connecting with people who I think their direction is where I want to head into um, and just even reaching out to them just to ask for a quick chat, quick 20-minute phone call just to pick their brains a little bit. So I would recommend doing that. And the other thing I would recommend is learning how to write grants. It is a scary process for everyone, but this skill has been so valuable for me now. And 
I didn't see that then, but I do see it now because it's also a way to put yourself out there um, as a consultant as well. So that will take you far in your career. And there are so many different ways to learn how to grant write if you're interested in doing so. You just look it up on YouTube. There's so many groups on Facebook as well. Yeah, that's great advice. I agree with everything you said, especially just getting experience. And I like the encouragement to just write grants. And it's true. You you don't know until you just, you just have to start doing exactly. it. So, exactly. Exactly. Just jump in. I think um, we all are a little apprehensive. I know I was when I was thinking about the idea of it. I was looking for like some really specific, like what is step one, two, three, I, I wanted yes. that. And it doesn't exist. You really it have doesn't to. exist. <laughs> So there's a, there's a lot of training on how to, but there's no it, there's no one size fits all. So jumping in exactly. is great. Um, okay, so the other part of my audience, I have a lot of career professionals. You know, early you know they're graduates that have either maybe not gotten into public health yet. They already have their degree and they're trying to get into the field, or they may be in a position, but not where they want to be. And they're trying to transition into another. But do you have some advice for graduates who have already completed their degree and are just facing some challenges getting into the career field they want to be in in public health? Um, I think a couple of things um, that are important is to have a professional review your resume, really take a look at what you have written to make sure it conveys what you're doing or what you're interested in doing. So there are webinars and there are actual professionals who review your resume for you. And then also practice your interviewing skills. Your resume will get you in the door, but your interviewing skills will sort of solidify that position. And so practice with a trusted friend or colleague who will give you honest feedback. I was given advice, which I thought was valuable, and that was to sit in the mirror and pretend as though I'm being interviewed and literally look at myself in the mirror as I'm talking. It was a bit awkward at first, but it really helped me look at my facial expressions, which were probably a big reason why some of the interviews didn't go as well for me. <laughs> and then the other thing is to just identify gaps in the field. Yes, you know, public health is diverse, but there are so many new approaches and new policies and new strategies that need to be implemented. So just keep up with what's current in the field and see where the gap is and then try to get training in that area. So then you'll be the expert everyone is calling on. Great advice. Absolutely great advice. I think um, practicing the interviewing skills, and I think that's great too. I mean, I love everything that you said. I was thinking about how Sometimes it's really good to really practice describing what you do to your family and friends. It's That's easy. True. It's so much easier to try to avoid the conversation because it's yes. really difficult, especially as an epidemiologist. It's really, <laughs> but the more you practice that, it will help you really learn how to break up the conversation and, and that language sometimes that we get used to using and really be able to express yourself more confidently and comfortably. So when you're in an interview situation, um, then it is definitely, a, it's more second nature to you. It comes out more naturally and helps boost your confidence in that moment too. Dr. Hunley, that is gold. That is gold. <laughs> the more that I talk about even my business oh, yeah. to people who aren't in the field, it really helps me get it out and mm -hmm. explain it like at the lay level. It oh, really yeah. does help. It does. I mean, it's 
you can almost gamify it a bit because in my mind, I've got, you know, especially you, you have uh, several different, you know, sort of niche target areas. Yeah. And I'm in the same situation. So I'm kind of, t- you know, I have this sort of file cabinet in my head. So when as I'm <laughs> in the conversation and I know the question is coming, I'm trying to decide what version am I going to use to describe, yeah. you know, exactly. so am I going to pull out this one? And then <laughs> sometimes I, I hit it, you know, I'm spot on. And other times I can tell that I'm like way over in left field and they're like, Okay, well, whatever. Can we just like move on to something move else? On. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the key is to practice and to the more you do it, the you know, articulate your interests. You know, it's your story, it's your journey. So the more you can articulate yes. your interests and your experience and what you do and what you like and where you want to be, then you know, it definitely adds to that experience in the in yes. the interview. Oh, this has been good. Good, good. It I've enjoyed been. this. I have as well. I can't uh, believe it's over. I know. <laughs> that I know. Was bad. We, we're gonna, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna wrap this up so that everyone's listening can have a chance to connect with you. Um, just briefly mention your website, and I'm going to link to all of this in the show notes, and I'll tell you guys exactly how to get to that all in a moment. But if you could at least just say your website. Yes, it's www.leonoraokwara.com. And I will, like I said, I'm telling you in just a moment exactly how you can connect with her. And she's on social media. She's provided me with all sorts of links and especially her podcast. So hang on and I'm going to tell you guys about that in just a moment. Leonor, thank you for joining me. It's been such a pleasure. to. Thank you, Dr. Hadley. (laughs) I've enjoyed talking with you as always. Thank you. And uh, I wish you all the best with everything that you have going on. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. It's always a special treat for me as a podcaster to interview another podcaster. I would really like to thank Leonore for joining me on this episode and for being so transparent and sharing her journey, as well as sharing some great advice and tips for everyone. You can find the links to connect with her on the show notes page for this episode, which is 135. So just go to drchuntley.com and click on the podcast tab from the main menu and then navigate to episode 135. And you can also click on the expo tab from the main menu to find out more about the Public Health Consulting and Entrepreneurship Expo. All right, everyone, until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.